0: I'm Luke Story.
1: I'm Christine Lauria. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Angie Check. I am Dr. Aaron Ugewin-McMorrow.
0: I'm Ben Joseph Stewart.
1: I'm Bliss Young.
0: I am Dr. Jacob Egbert. I'm Kyle Kingsbury.
1: I'm Lily Nichols.
0: I'm Mark Groves.
1: I'm Sarah Gustafson. I'm Jesse Golden.
0: I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein.
1: I'm Maren Green. I'm Kelly Brogan, MD. Hi, this is Kimberly Ann Johnson. Je m'appelle Rick et c'est le podcast du Gidicolo. Hello, I'm Paul Cech, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Enjoy.
0: Valerie, welcome back to the Holistic OBGYN Podcast.
1: Thank you. It's so good to be back.
0: If you guys aren't familiar with Valerie, go to episode 37. That's way back. Valerie is one of the OGs on the podcast and uh Valerie you and I got to be good friends through I think the birth community indie birth and yes. uh, we've been kind of inseparable ever since you can't shake me
1: <laughs> yes it's it's such a honestly such a gift to be surrounded by so many amazing people in the in the same mindset similar mindsets and um i think we met because we were both on this indie birth community someone had posted um again like about is it bad that I, d- I don't want to go to the doctor or I don't feel like I need to go to the doctor? We both had a very similar response and we were like, well, as someone who's gone to medical school, <laughs> I personally don't go to the doctor and you don't need to. <laughs> I know, it's um, funny. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, so so that's, you know, and then ever since, it's just been such a great journey. We both worked with um, Works to develop PMAs and yep. it's been... Yeah, really a blessing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it has. Well, Valerie, you, you've got a range of skills, even though you're considerably younger than many people out there doing a lot of great healing work. Um, that's not a knock on you. It's it's me. It's me emphasizing just how impressed I've been with the intensity that you've put towards your studies, but then the softness that you provide your healing. To other people, both through the lens of Chinese medicine and German new medicine, and so um, maybe briefly tell people tell people a little bit about your background. how did you get into these two these two specialties
1: hmm. well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I have always been the younger one in general. I graduated high school when I was sixteen and I started college very early um, and i 've always been very studious. My childhood was spent. Studying and also simultaneously being unwell. (laughs) So, um, I was probably putting a little bit too much undue stress on myself, but um, I never had success with the Western allopathic modalities. I never had success with regular doctors. I actually, as a child, thought my least favorite profession would be being a doctor, the way I had Mm. known it at that time. I really wanted to be an author or a teacher or something like that. And then I found the whole range of kind of alternative modalities, Chinese medicine, and they totally changed my life. Um, I had no more chronic health issues after finding acupuncture, herbal medicine, um, things like that. And so it was very clear to me when I had so much success that I wanted to study that. So I went into my postgraduate program to study Chinese medicine. I believe I was 19. It was a little while back and I totally fell in love with the entire process of studying this medicine. And coming from where I came in my background, I I knew it was effective for chronic illness, but I had no idea the depth and the range that it could be applied for. Like truly every, almost every malaise. It's even used in emergency medicines in, in other countries. So it's really a complete medicine. And I was really impressed with that. So I spent five years postgraduate um, studying that, and right when I finished my last course of book work, I had a couple more um, rounds of clinical rounds going on, like um, treating people in the acupuncture clinic in my school. And that was during the pandemic, and they were requiring things of me that I did not want to um, partake in, it didn't seem like a match, I wanted to maintain a certain sense of integrity with myself. And it felt that going back to finish those last little bits of um, time in the clinic just was not resonant. My friend said, (laughs) it sounded like if I betrayed myself in that way, it would cause frustration or worse. And I think by worse, would indicate some kind of actually illness response in my body, because. What I've learned is that you know the more integrity I keep with myself, my own compass, the healthier and more vibrant I am, and life tends to share That's with right. me those solutions. So, the solution came through way of actually, um, in part, this birth community that we were both part of, and I was able to work with Jason Leister and Freedom Works to work in the private sector, which is very appealing to me. Through a PMA instead of licensure. So that was my solution that like came down from the heavens. So instead of pursuing licensure, I went in that direction to establish a PMA. Um, and in talking to you, when we first started talking, you, you said to me, Oh, have you ever heard of a PMA? (laughs) I said, Oh, yeah, I'm almost done with, I'm almost done with that process myself. So that really ended up working again, like alongside my integrity because there were certain things that had I pursued licensure, it would result in me betraying one party or the other. For example, if if licensure required me to, to have my patients wear masks, yeah. um, I would either have to lie to the licensure in a sense, the lie to the um contract that licensing I agreed with. The licensing, yeah. yeah, the board, um, and say, no, I I required that. Or I would have to um betray my own compass and require my patients to wear masks when I don't think it's helpful for them um, and can actually be harmful in some cases. So so that's just one small example of of why this ended up being the right path for me. Uh, but I still like to use Chinese medicine, East Asian medicine, and all these modalities that I've studied over the years in a way that's very uh patient or client directed. So my favorite thing is to educate people on these systems of medicine, so that when I'm not around and I'm not immediately accessible in any given moment, they're still able to apply the principles in their own life, and I think that actually makes for such a an effective treatment because in any given moment they can gauge. Oh, um, I understand that I have yin deficiency, and these are the lifestyle um, these are the aspects of my lifestyle that I can either implement to nourish my yin or reduce to um, not expend my yin. So yeah. those kinds of things in every moment, in my opinion, is really what changes the body. It's those micro moments. So I did end up being a teacher after all in a certain way, but just not the way I expected. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, the, from, from the, the standpoint of integrity, I think that's why I like you so much. Uh, I've got so many pieces of paper from diplomas and degrees and all of that, and I don't hang them up because that's not who I am. Yes, I earned it. Yes, I paid a lot of money for these pieces of paper. But if at any point I can't do the thing that I do best because of what some piece of paper says I should or shouldn't do, then I'm not so sure that's the right fit, like you said. So I, I really appreciate that about you. And also, especially for people who are coming into the PRP fertility program, you are one of six other practitioners, not including me. So seven total people that are going to be working on people uh, on couples uh, along their fertility journey. When people come into the program, their their goal is not necessarily just to get pregnant like tomorrow. It's to learn. The tools to adapt your lifestyle in order to optimize your chances of getting pregnant naturally or optimize the chances of a successful IVF or IUI if that's the path that a couple ultimately decides to take for whatever reason. And there's a lot of good reasons to do that. But to be able to take tools away from the meetings with the various practitioners. That's it's like it's like teaching a man to fish as opposed to to what's the phrase?
1: Absolutely. Teaching <laughs> man to fish and yeah. they'll never like go a day in their life or that they're hungry. But if you <laughs> if you just give them the fish and don't teach them how to fish, then those fish will run out, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know the phrase. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Much what more about, sustainable. What about-
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so what I would hope is that after they go through this process, then they, when they get, want to get pregnant with their, another baby in the future. So let's say that they've, they've got one baby now with our help. Now they've got all the tools. They don't need to go through the program again, necessarily. You got all the tools. Let's just redo. Let's just go about it again. So I really appreciate, I, I appreciate that about you. Thank you. What about German New Medicine? For those who don't know about it, can you just d- briefly describe maybe in your own words what that yes. is? Yes.
1: Yeah. So German New Medicine, it's the work of Dr. Hammer. He was a physician um, in Germany and he had developed a system of medicine. It, it's based on the five biological laws and it has been um, really standing through the test of time. In fact, there have been many um, doctors that have Have admitted there is no way to disprove this medicine. However, implementing it in the current paradigm of medicine would require us to kind of make a a total upheaval. So he was very much censored and rejected um, for his work, but it's a really beautiful form of medicine because what it looks at is um, what the body is doing and why the body is making those adaptations to increase its chances of survival. So um, it's really looking at the intelligence of the body and the tissues and why the tissues might modify in response to what he would call a shock conflict. So um, this happened because he was actually an oncologist and he noticed that he developed testicular cancer after his son had tragically been shot and died accidentally. And he knew that there was a connection between the trauma and the cancer he developed So he would do brain scans of his patients, and what he realized is there were specific lesions in the brain for in the same areas for people who shared the same type of cancer that were correlated to a similar type of trauma. So um, what that means for us in terms of fertility, we can look at adaptations. Of course, it's not always cancer that we're looking at. We're looking at intelligent adaptations of the body in terms of why... um, an ovary might develop more follicles or why a uterus might develop fibroids. And we're looking at, it's really sort of poetry of the body, why it might be making these adaptations in a way that it deems helpful in its own way. Yeah. So it's, it's really quite an empowering medicine. It can be layered with other medicines and modalities. It allows us a different kind of body literacy because we're not looking at something that's just random, erroneous, um, broken. We're looking at something that once we get to the root of why the adaptation is being made, you can really begin to trust your body in a new way rather than feel that you're in a battlefield with your own body. Um, so I think that can be really helpful in the fertility journey because there is so much, there can be so much stress and there can be that feeling of I can't trust my body. Why is my body failing me? So when we get to the root of something and realize your body is not failing you, it's trying to survive, it's trying to modify and help you, that can be really kind of a relief for people.
0: Sounds very empowering, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's very empowering. It's very empowering. And it requires, it does require a certain amount of self-responsibility because it requires that you get to the root of a certain pattern that you are repeating, Um, in your life, in, in many areas of your life, sometimes in your relationships. So it's a truly holistic, um, approach. And that can be layered with some Taoist principles that I like to use as well. Um, living in coherence with the seasons, the climate that you're existing in, the landscape around you, and how that mirrors the landscape of the body. And of course, feng shui is one of my other modalities that I like to use. Because it goes very well with all of these other modalities, and um, it can really give an idea of of what is really sort of like a constantly either nourishing or taking from the body, depending on how your immediate surroundings are set up.
0: Yeah. So for people that think feng shui is just woo woo, whatever, I want to challenge you to consider: How do you feel when you wake up in a room where there's just stuff strewn about everywhere? versus waking up in a room where everything is kind of put away, there's not a lot of clutter around. That that little, that's not really feng shui, but I want people to consider how does it make you feel? Like how do you actually feel starting your day when things are just sort of strewn about versus intentionally set in such a way where you feel, I I like how this feels here. I like how this feels here. I know that in my office space, for example, if there's too much clutter, I get anxious, I just my heart rate is kind of going up, and I just don't feel my best. Can you maybe cl- elaborate a little bit further on some of the feng shui principles?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, it affects um, our subconscious, with which can really direct some of our hormone cascades. So one small example um, that really makes a difference in terms of feng shui is, is this idea of what you see right before bed and what you see right upon waking up. And Usually that's when the brain is in a theta state, so it's very absorbent. So when people are seeing something that reminds them of disharmony, the body will send out hormonal cascades that will respond to that. So um, if you're constantly seeing a mess upon waking or upon sleeping, you may have a hard time getting out of a sympathetic dominant state with your nervous system. Your nervous system will wake up and think, okay, I have to brace myself for another day. There's all these things that I have to do. Um, and it may never give your subconscious mind and therefore the rest of your body a feeling of safety to be able to um, really be in harmony and conceiving. So uh, the the type of feng shui that I like to practice is classical flying star feng shui. Um, so that is a very old form of feng shui, but it looks at the balance of elements in the home and on the land to make sure that things are really supporting you rather than vice versa. And there's actually some interesting studies from Germany, once again, (laughs) in terms of geopathic stress zones, which can be running under where one sleeps. And Dr. Veronica Karstens, which is the wife of the former German president, Karl Karstens, she published a study that documented the spontaneous healing of 700 terminal cancer patients. So they were all deemed terminal they all spontaneously healed once they relocated their beds away from areas of geopathic stress. So once again, this is not just a woo-woo thing, but it's something that has been taken seriously for a long time. And um, even Chinese Emperor Yu in 2200 BC, he required that the land be inspected and approved by a dowsing expert before anyone could build a home or a business on that land. It's definitely, there's something critical about that. Because if you think about it, we spend 80% of our time indoors usually. So we want that time to be supporting us, not draining us, and also congruent with our desires.
0: Yeah. I I think you know this, but I um, have studied biogeometry through Doria and Ibrahim Kareem, and I just completed their advanced training. And a big part of, of the foundations of biogeometry are that there are certain spots in the world that are going to add to your energy and there are certain locations that are going to draw from your energy. And we're talking life force energy. Yes. Through some very, very basic strategies, you can mitigate geopathic stress. And one of the strategies actually, which is included in the PRP fertility program is wearing um, a biogeometry pendant day and night and you clear it once per day, but it has all of the signatures that are in a line, uh, that are... Um, attuned to the various organ systems, the nervous system, etc., and it's a very, very simple technology. But uh, when you hear Ibrahim and, and Doria, his daughter, when you hear them speak about biogeometry and geopathic stress, they bring in Eastern medicine frequently. They're like, "This is not. This is very, very, uh, very much in alignment with feng shui and some of these even more ancient uh, practices." So. You can call it woo woo, you can call it whatever, but it, it predates modern medicine, so to speak, by thousands of years. Not hundreds of years, not a couple decades, but thousands of years. And so it's, it's no surprise to me that as these technologies are sort of emerging, as we've started, sort of started becoming maybe more disillusioned with the, the strictly Western medical approach to human health that some of these technologies are actually going to be getting more and more traction because they actually work like they're It's, it's not like taking an aspirin and your head, headache goes away. It's not that, not that dramatic. So people don't believe it. But a lot of these things like Karsten's work, these, these have been demonstrated for, for quite some time now. So. Man, you've you've Absolutely. got a, a whole toolbox of of tricks up your sleeve. <laughs> yes, a
1: very very fun toolbox, and and it's usually very fun for people because they are really able to make connections as they implement these tools, and and usually you really can feel the connection right away. It does take time sometimes for the effects to be full, but some people it's pretty instant. So, yeah. um, it's really satisfying and. And yeah, East Asian medicine, that, that is not new to fertility either. It is, it's been used for thousands of years. And even modern studies, there's a study at University of Adelaide, which I believe is in Australia, but yeah. they compared women who were getting the support of Chinese herbal formulas versus women who were exp- uh, going the conventional route for fertility treatments. And, um, the women who had the Chinese herbal formulas were three to five times more likely, um, to have success with pregnancy. They noted that it was two times more effective than IVF, um, in terms wow. of, yeah. So that's a really big deal. That, and, and one thing to note about this study, they are studying women who are getting Chinese herbal formulas based on their symptom, symptom differentiation. So, Uh, that is what makes Chinese medicine so effective because it's not one size fits all. It's not one formula for any woman who's experiencing fertility struggles. The formulas are really tailored to each woman and her imbalances. Uh, And it's also very effective for men who have infertility as well. So definitely very powerful, powerful stuff.
0: Well, Valerie, thank you. Um, for those of you who are considering signing up for the PRP Fertility Program, Valerie, again, is one of six other practitioners, in in addition to myself, that you're going to be meeting with. Um, we are trying to cover all of the uh, layers of fertility, from physical to mental to emotional and spiritual. And um, Valerie, you kind of touch on all of them kind of nicely. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about Valerie where can they go, Valerie?
1: My website is silver-maple.org. or hyphen maple.org, And you can email me at Valerie at silver-maple.org. And that is where you will find an intake form as well if we choose to work together. So I'm really excited about this PRP program. I had an amazing feeling about it from the very beginning. And it sounds like just what the world needs right now. So thank you, Nathan, for putting it together.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. It's great to have you. Guys, if, if, you're, if you're sold now, <laughs> if you want to go and sign up, just go to BelovedHolistics.com. You'll see the fertility page there front and center. And, uh, you know, you jump on board, you'll get a box of goodies and you'll be meeting with myself and six other incredible practitioners. And um, we're going to hit all of the recesses of your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being to make sure that you either conceive naturally or that you have a greater chance of successful IVF or IUI. Thank you, Valerie.
1: Thank you, Nathan. It was a pleasure.